All right, thanks, Scott Shannon. Thanks to all of you for being with us. And right down our toll-free number, we got a lot of ground to cover here today. It's 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Uh, we have unmitigated violence. I mean, record violence all over the country. You know, New York City set a record last year. This this week alone, a 257% increase from the week last year. For the entire year, shootings up 76%. That's what happens when you defund the police by a billion dollars. In case you're interested, that would be called a predictable result. We'll get into that in the course of the uh, program today. Uh, Among many things, got a lot of woke news. Uh, Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck, apparently they're going woke. That's the latest development. Can't wait to get you there. We got a lot of border updates that we've got to get to in the course of the program. Uh... I'm going to go over what was promised America if we were vaccinated. And I I can't believe I'm going to quote Jake Tapper, you know, pressing the White House official over the weekend. Listen, I'm just calling as I see him. Is, Is Biden sending the wrong message with overly cautious mask wearing? Now you got Fauci actually out there saying we might be masks might be our future to prevent the flu. And I'm like, never are we ever going to get back to normal like they said we would? And I've got all their past comments to, to show you or share with you today. Um, I want to start. There is a, a lot going on right now around the world. Uh, not sure if you're aware of it. We've reported from Israel many, many times. We've been to. We've we've been to these towns uh, in in Gaza. Sarut is the name of the the one town that we've been to where they had ten thousand missiles in ten years. I was able to show our audience in the states that these kids that that grow up in these border towns they they have indoor playgrounds, bunker playgrounds because there's not enough time by the time the rockets fired because of the close proximity to Gaza for them to get to safety, so they actually have to play indoors in a bunker. That's where their playgrounds are. It's sad. I, I went and spent time with the local police department at these border towns, and I saw the rockets 10,000 in 10 years, and they get more sophisticated every year. We showed you the tunnels, the Israelis providing the Palestinians, the U.S. providing the Palestinians with money that they're supposed to spend to build hospitals and schools, where they often fire their their missiles from so that they can use human shields. And and they use Israeli cement, American cement, American electricity, and American money and Israeli money to build tunnels so they can kill and terrorize the people of Israel. And I've been in those tunnels. It's unbelievable, the safety concern. Now Hamas, whose charter calls for the destruction of Israel, little known fact apparently by some, they now been firing rockets into Israel uh, and Jerusalem. They had some flare-ups at the Alaska Mosque. Uh, Israeli Defense Force had to send in reinforcements, closing roads, and literally bomb shelters opened in, in these, these border regions next to Gaza. You know, by the way, as a side note to there, Donald Trump, Israel never knew a better president, presidential ally in the U.S., Then with Donald J. Trump, starting with moving, you know, their capital to Jerusalem from Tel Aviv and, of course, Gaza and and every other thing that the president did, the the peace accords. Uh, Now we have a situation where we've caught the Iranians, T-34 
teaming up with Chinese and the Russians, having their weapons being shipped to Yemen for the proxy war that Iran is fighting through Yemen with the Saudis. Why do you think it would have been unthinkable five years ago to conceive even of an alliance that we now have between Israel, the U.S., the Jordanians, the Egyptians, the Saudis, the Emirates? Do we have disagreements with these countries? Sure. Of course we do. But we have allied in terms of intelligence, gathering, sharing, and and military packs. And, and of course, the Abraham Accords that Donald Trump never got credit for. But Joe Biden becomes president. What was one of the first things that he did? Now, not a lot of fanfare about this. Last month, he restored hundreds of millions of dollars in USAID to the Palestinians, which were cut off by Donald Trump because they were using the American cash to reward terrorists. Remember, our monies were being used to fund families that, you know, of of terrorists killed while trying to kill Israelis and Americans. Washington Examiner had a great piece about this today, that the Biden administration, oh, they're condemning the recent violence and and then the Palestinian religious sites and subsequent explosive attacks against from Gaza towards Israel. But what's what's missing in the discussion is the White House top spokeswoman uh, doesn't take sides because it's Hamas that is firing the missiles into Israel. Israel's tried to pull back a little bit from the contentious situation that's been evolving and emerging in the Alaska mosque area. You know, because we've had so many problems there. The Alaska Mosque compound, a major holy site sacred to Muslims and 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 people in Israel. I've been there. I know exactly where it is. I know exactly, you know, very, very contentious issue. And anyway, so the White House, they're not taking side. GOP lawmakers, including Ted Cruz, said the White House already has taken the Palestinian side. And he's right because they restored the funding. What is Joe? So I start out this this week asking, "What did Joe? What are you going to do? Whose side are you going to take in this? Hamas is a terrorist organization. Joe, are you going to now take back the funding that you've restored? I know you're pressuring um, South Korea to hand over seven billion to the Iranian mullahs. That's another dumb idea." Just like restarting the Iranian deal, which was the dumbest deal in the history of mankind. Are you going to hold the Israel? Are you are you, you going to hold the Iranians and the Russians and the Chinese accountable for the weapons weaponry that is being sent from Iran to Yemen to fight a proxy war? What are you going to do, Joe? And that doesn't even begin to touch the surface of all the security challenges we're facing on this Monday. There's a lot of them. And a lot of it has to do with, now that we've had this cyber attack, this this is really dangerous stuff. I don't know if, I don't, I don't know if people fully understand or can comprehend what is happening in terms of this cyber attack against us seemingly by the Russians. Now, before we even get started on the details of it, and I've been telling you the price, listen, every tax is going to be passed on to you possible. The corporate tax will be taxes you pay. Joe's war on energy 
We were energy independent for the first time in 75 years. He's already made that an impossibility. We, we are dependent again on the world's free flow of oil at market prices. Now, when you artificially reduce supply, supply and demand do crisscross. That will dictate the price. You artificially reduce the supply. Well, that means the price of oil is going through the roof. And guess what? The price of oil is going through the roof. And we now see oil now as a three-year high. Gas prices after this colonial pipeline hack, which I'm going to get into, and what's Joe going to do with Russia here? Now, this is why I don't say it to hear myself say it, because we have countries that hate our guts. You know, hostile regimes. Yeah, Putin is a hostile actor with a hostile regime. President Xi is no friend of the United States either. Another hostile regime. Kim Jong-un doesn't feel like he's in check any longer. The Iranian mullahs, they're now acting boldly in advancing their agenda once more. One thing Donald Trump did is he created a, a certain unpredictability factor that they believe what he said. And they also thought he was capable of anything. They feared Trump. They don't fear Joe. They've studied Joe. That's what our enemies do. We study them. They study us. And what they've concluded is exactly what most of us have concluded, that very few seem to be willing to even discuss. They have concluded Joe Biden is weak and frail and struggling cognitively. I can guarantee you that. I'm sure there's intelligence that proves it that we'll probably never hear about. Now, the largest U.S. fuel pipeline system is known as the Colonial Pipeline System. We had a cyber attack against this system. Nearly half the fuel consumed in the eastern United States passes through this network. Retail prices, predictably, across the U.S. follow the lead of the benchmark New York gas future prices. You know, trading in those futures opened on Sunday more than 3%, increasing, hitting the highest level now in three years. Now, previously... Prolonged shutdowns of the colonial system have caused gas prices to surge. Gas prices have already been going through the roof. This is a problem. It's a 5,500-mile system. It runs between Houston and Texas, Linden, New Jersey, and it transports more than 2.5 million barrels of fuel every day. That's about 45% of all fuel consumed in heavily populated areas along the U.S. East Coast. Now, the pipeline also provides fuel for the U fuel for the U.S. military bases in the area that it covers. This is no small attack that originated, according to everything we know now, in Russia. What are you going to do, Joe? I mean, the southeast United States, the area most dependent on the pipeline, is most likely to see supply disruption and price increases. You know, ru rushing out to fill your tank will make the problem a lot more acute and likely double or triple the length of any supply event. And that's going to happen. But I'm sure they'll race to put in controls of that. Crude oil prices in the, you know, in focus after the Colonial Pipeline cyber attack. Investors and traders, they're paying close attention. Crude oil prices have been climbing ever so slowly. 65 bucks a barrel. They're going higher. In case you're interested, everywhere you look right now, the criminal group originating from Russia, believed to be behind the cyber attack. Joe, what are you going to do? What are you going to do?
They said they're working to develop a restart plan. Great. What does that mean for you and your family? It means everything you buy and purchase is going to be higher. Everything. The price of gas, by the way, yeah, now the average, it jumped another six cents over the weekend to $3.02 a gallon. It's over $4 a gallon in California, a lot of places out there already. But, but it's much deeper than that. Everything is tied to commodities. Everything is tied. Everything you buy comes vis-a-vis a truck, an 18-wheeler. Lumber prices, I know because I, I'm doing a small project. I told my contractor, buy the lumber now. It's at an all-time high. It's only going to get higher. Copper, steel prices, they're also at record highs. Agricultural products that we all buy, yeah, the price of corn at its highest level since 2012. Same with soybeans. Even uh, the sales of, of block cheese futures soaring. And there's a lot of consumer products, you know, like diapers. I already told you about Procter & Gamble and all these other companies. They're all raising their prices. Thanks, Joe. That's all because of your stupidity. 800-941-SHAWN is our number. I'm only beginning to touch the surface here of how bad this is. Because it's bad. All right, as we roll along, 800-941-SHAWN, you want to be a part of the program. Every single thing you buy, you're now paying more money for. And this is not guarding America's pocketbooks. If I hear from Joe Biden one more time, how, uh, oh, we're, we're spending $6 trillion, but it's not going to add a penny to the deficit, and, and nobody's going to pay a penny in taxes that doesn't make more than make $400,000 a year or more. It's a lie. They're just outright lying to you. Just like the false promise and the false belief that, yes, daycare and pre-K and college is going to be paid. It's all going to be free. Government-guaranteed job, government-guaranteed wage, government-guaranteed healthy food, government-guaranteed health care, government-guaranteed, you know, dying. It's not going to be true. None of it's true. And you watch out what's happening, the colonial pipeline fallout. This is 17 states now. And Washington, D.C. under regional emergency. In in case you're interested, Alabama, Arkansas, D.C., Delaware, Florida, Georgia, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, New York, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, South Carolina, Tennessee, Texas, Virginia. What are you going to do, Joe? What are you going to do that the, the Russians, you know, that this colonial pipeline attack came out of Russia? What are you going to do that the Russians and the Chinese are giving the Iranians the military weaponry so that Iran can continue its proxy war fight in the Middle East? What are you going to do about that, Joe? What are you going to do? There's nobody that is even taking any of this on. We're going to talk about Biden's mat. You know, I, I can't believe that it took fake news CNN to get it right on Joe Biden. The mixed messages on the vaccination that's coming from the left it's not coming i'm not anti-vax at all i'm pro-science on this show i'm just not a doctor and i refuse to tell you what to do but i'm telling you for your sake and people around you research talk to your doctors learn all right 25 to the top of the hour (laughs) this ought to make everybody happy apparently one of the most vocal proponents of the fraudulent lie conspiracy theory the russiagate hoax is now you know, a resume, uh, having those positions, that's like a resume enhancer in the new Biden administration. One of the president's new staffers at the DOJ deleted tens of thousands of her tweets since November. 
including many pushing the Russia hoax and Trump-Russia collusion. The big lie. That was the want to talk about the big lie. That was the big lie. Media's never acknowledged it. Never. They never revised, extended their remarks, apologized, corrected. None of it. Anyway, CNN analyst announced Monday that she would be joining. Her name is Susan Hennessy. Joining the DOJ as part of the agency's National Security Division. <laughs> Great. Unbelievable. Don't you feel good? Just add that to, you know, what's happening in Iran and Russia and China. Anyway, um, look, I give credit where credit is due. Fake Jake over at Fake News CNN. Fake Jake Tapper pressed the White House officials. Is Biden sending the wrong message with overly cautious mask wearing? It's this is like a, you know, a, a third rail, apparently, for people to talk about it. I mean, this obsession with people demanding guys like Sean Hannity need to tell people what to do. I I mean, could you imagine? Because if, you know, I even had doctors on discussing therapeutics at a time that we had no therapeutics. We had Dr. Oz on regularly and he was saying, you know, you fight with the army you have, not the one you wish you have. What's that doctor at Cedar sinai out in Los Angeles? Forty two years. Daniel Wallace is his name. 42 years, 250 peer-reviewed articles. Um, Head of the rheumatoid arthritis, everything. Head of the lupus, everything. Anti-malarial papers. This guy knows hydroxychloroquine better than anybody. Said the risk is nil. His words. April 6th, last year. The risk is nil at the doses we're talking about. And he actually said for 30 to 60 days. And nobody wanted to hear it. And if I had a doctor on that said it, this is outrageous, Hannity. I'm, I'm talking and interviewing doctors. Give me your best take. What do we do now in the interim to prevent people from dying? The ventilators that people were screaming about, yeah, your odds of surviving the ventilator a year ago were like 12%. That has improved, but it's, it's not even 50%. Really scary. Anyway, so, so why are we, why the mixed messages? Now, I'm not surprised at this while others are, and that is that 80% of people that refuse to get vaccinated say that nothing can change their minds. And what, what I mean by I'm not surprised by it, and, and I'll be honest, I'm very pro-science. I'm actually, I can't believe we broke the sequence of this virus down in six weeks, and within a year, we had not one but three vaccines. I can't believe the the therapeutics that came online like remdesivir and ivermectin and Regeneron and Eli Lilly's version. I mean, phenomenal science all back because Donald Trump implemented warp speed, which financially protected the these these pharmaceutical companies and scientists that they're not going to go bankrupt by devoting every second of every day to saving lives. I'm I'm mesmerized by how great they are and what they've been able to do. But I'm still not a doctor. I mean, I actually asked um, a friend of mine who's a doctor this week, and I said, are there people that you don't recommend get the vaccine? And he said, yeah, absolutely. Depending if they have immunocompromised this and he starts naming a bunch of conditions, I don't remember. I said, would you come on TV or radio? He said, hell no. That was the answer I got back. But everybody knows the reason I'm not surprised by this number is that everybody now knows about masks and social distancing, and they know the vaccine is available. Now, I would urge everyone to 
and I continue to urge everyone because I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to tell you what to do. You know, and I get in trouble if I put on doctors that have their own protocols and they describe it and it maybe is not the most conventional one. Just trying to learn like everybody else. So, but people I think have made up their minds and I think probably some people have made it up from a point of ignorance. You can look at the efficacy of Moderna. Look at the efficacy of Pfizer's vaccine. You can you can look at the efficacy of of Johnson and Johnson, the single shot, more it's the more traditional vaccine method, which I've gone over in detail. But so but, so I think people have made up their minds and it's you know once people make up their minds, we live in a free society. I don't like the idea of mandatory vaccinations of our military. That should be a choice between a patient and a doctor. And I guess I'm one of the few libertarians left in the country that actually believes in medical privacy. It's nobody's business. You know, I thought, well, what was the argument over abortion? You cannot tell a woman what she can and cannot do with her body. We're all those people. I, you know, I, I just, it's kind of amazing to me. Um, and the people that, I, I, I wouldn't even want to take on the liability of telling people what to do. I'm just trying to put out there as many opinions, some I agree with, some I don't, as possible. You know, now Fauci's out there saying, quite possible seasonal mask wearing will become a permanent thing in America. What? At what point can we stop wearing masks outside? At what point, if vaccinated people get together, do you take the masks off? And are we going to, but is the mask going to be something we have with us in a seasonal aspect? You know, that's quite possible. I think people have gotten used to the fact that wearing masks, clearly, if you look at the data, diminishes respiratory diseases. We've had practically a non-existent flu season this year, merely because people were doing the kinds of public health things that were directed predominantly against COVID-19. The Australians during their winter, same thing. They had almost no flu, largely due to the kinds of things, including mask wearing. So it is conceivable that as we go on a year or two or more from now, that during certain seasonal periods, Mm -hmm. when you have respiratory borne viruses like the flu, people might actually elect to wear masks to diminish the likelihood that you'll spread these respiratory borne diseases. I'm going to wear the mask just because it it brought back a slight bit of anonymity in my life. Good grief. Although I have a hat, glasses and a mask on and I still get recognized. I'm like, what the hell? I can't I can't win. But this is the same guy in March of last year that was saying on 60 Minutes. Masks don't work. Maybe it might stop a droplet. It's not going to not going to work. Now in the United States, people should not be walking around with masks. You're sure of it, because people are listening really no, closely to this. Right now, people should not be walking. There's no reason to be walking around with a mask. When you're in the middle of an outbreak, wearing a mask might make people feel a little bit better, and it might even block a, a droplet, but it's not providing the perfect protection that people think that it is. And often, there are unintended consequences. Oh. And then it became one math, then it became two math, then it was, you know, all the models, all the predictions were wrong. It's interesting in New York what they've decided, Epic Times writing about it, baseball stadiums are going to apparently seat fans in separate vaccinated and unvaccinated sections. I thought, but this gets to the whole point of it. I thought the point was that Americans were told 
Joe Biden said January 8th, I'm committed to moving as rapidly as possible to get the vaccine to teachers and material to children so we could provide for the safe opening of our schools. They're still not open and he won't even commit to September. That would be a year and a month after Florida schools open. The more people get vaccinated, the faster we'll be able to overcome this and get back to our loved ones and get our economy back on track. Then why is this guy out there, you know, going into Jimmy Carter's house last week with his wife with a mask on and he's been vaccinated? Then when he's inside, he's on top of a 96-year-old man, former president, 93-year-old former first lady, and there's no mask on on top of old people. What the hell is going on here? And, you know, Jen Psaki saying, no, 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 it's, it's, he's, this is an extra layer of protection. Well, wait a minute. That's not what you guys told us. You know, getting access to the vaccine is the path back to normal, said Circle back Psaki March 4th of last year. Biden, April of uh, this year, Biden, April 27th. The vaccine's about saving your life, but also the lives of people around you. Now, if these people that made up their minds, they're not going to listen to Sean Hannity, that they're not going to get the vaccine. I ask one thing, then stay the hell away from old people. You know, and, and those with compromised immune systems and underlying conditions, comorbidities. We know that part that turned out to be true. You know, Biden is now wore a mask outdoors at, at an announcement. Where I remember he's like looking, where's my mask? I can't find my mask. Every time he leaves the podium, I forget to put my mask on. He's wearing it outdoors, but indoors with a 96 and 93 year old, he's wearing it. And this is where I think, you know, they're sending the wrong message. If you want to convince people that the vaccine is going to bring you back to normal life, then why why the the contradicting message and visual of the mask outside? They're wearing outside the visit to the to the Carter's house, telling reporters he still wears it because it's good policy. I thought you were vaccinated. It, and and then and I'm not it just is like a bizarre thing to me. It just doesn't make sense to me. And a lot of other people. I'm pro science. I'm pro vaccine. Make up your own mind with your with, read, 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 read everything about the, the these vaccines are there available to you. Consult with your doctor. Consult with your doctors. Consult with doctors you trust. Then make the right decision for you and know the consequences. On either if you don't make the right decision. And I think New York, you know, fan seating, separate vaccinated, unvaccinated section. It's interesting. How are you going to you gonna, you going to be on the honor system on that? You know, Biden m- might have just fallen into the habit of wearing a mask outdoors. Anita Dunn says, what, what do you mean fallen into the habit? I have to put the stupid thing on. I wear it because that's what the law is. I don't break the law because they'll throw me in jail for the rest of my life. He wears it outdoors so people can come up to him when he's in public. That's not what's happening. They don't let anyone around the guy. Uh, the final, he got his final dose of the Pfizer vaccine on January 11th. Vaccine should have been fully effective January 25th. So it raises the question. So in the sense that people are saying, well, Republicans, conservatives, they're, they're anti-vax. No, not at all. I think that there is mixed messages. I think Jake Tapper's right here. Why does Biden wear a mask? in a room full of vaccinated journalists. Is it really necessary for a fully vaccinated person to wear a mask at a limited indoor gathering 
if everyone there is vaccinated? Well, the CDC has given guidance that when you're with family and friends that are vaccinated in small groups, you don't need a mask. So why does President Biden in a room full of vaccinated journalists Look, with everybody in that room vaccinated, why does he need to wear a mask? The president is going to continue to follow the CDC guidance. What is it then? If it works, then tell people it works. And and give them the, the confidence that they should have. You're creating doubt. Tapper's not wrong here in raising these questions. And it's unfortunate that they're doing it if the idea, if the idea was to get the herd immunity. I don't want anybody getting sick. I know somebody whose mother was on a ventilator for nearly 40 days recently. She made it because of amazing doctors. Older woman, comorbidities, underlying conditions. That was, you know, everything we know. Why didn't the person get vaccinated, I said. And was about to. Um, it, is, uh, it is frustrating to me. And if you dare say, well, is this a mixed message? Oh, this is terrible. Not terrible. It's terrible is they need to confidently go out there and say, this is the efficacy. This is the science. Quote the science. Have the people at Moderna, Pfizer, Johnson & Johnson go out there. You know, what if, you know, for, for those saying, well, Hannity, you need to use your platforms. I, 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 what, you want me to practice medicine without a license? I don't have a license to practice medicine. I'm urging my audience to be smart and to inform yourself and to read and then to talk to the people that are in the medical profession that you trust. And then you'll you make the right decision for you and your family. You know, but if the idea was, okay, you get this and then we're going to be able to live life, go back to normal. That's what they promised us. Well, I don't see Joe living life like normal. If he did, if he, you know, like on a Zoom call, why is he wearing a mask on a Zoom call? Doesn't make sense. And people are seeing that. And that's where I think they're, that's where they're creating a problem where they need not create a problem. 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. I'm also a believer in something called freedom, medical privacy, patient doctor, you know, privacy. These are not foreign concepts. These are, you know, I thought civil libertarians would be more on my side on a lot of these issues. Apparently not. But, you know, hopefully... I just want every, I want all I want you and my audience to be safe and your family members to be safe and healthy. We need we need you now more than ever. All right, hour two, Sean Hannity Show. Thanks for being with us. 800 941 Sean, you want to be a part of the program. Uh, we've got a lot of problems with this economy. And it's not just conservatives saying it. You've got, you know, and the liberal answer is you know, the the answer of MSDNC hosts are, oh, yeah, no, we need to spend another four trillion. We already spent six. We take in three point eight to four max. Uh, it's simple math. And maybe maybe they're going to one of the destroyed public schools where not a single student can uh, meet the basic requirements for reading and math. I have no idea. Uh, if you look at the job stunner as as hiring has stalled. Bureau of Labor Statistics, numbers for April, you know, only 266,000 jobs created, yet well below the million plus that they had, in fact, uh, predicted would be coming. 
you know, Biden says the terrible job numbers is evidence the U.S. is moving in the right direction. And Elizabeth Warren is saying the this jobs report is proof that child care is infrastructure. OK, this is not economics. This is madness. Words have meaning. Infrastructure is not child care. It's not pre-K. It's not universal health care. That's not what infrastructure is. They're just lying to us and and just creating new definitions out of thin air. Then you look at higher prices now from everything, rising costs of lumber, fresh fruit, groceries, freezers, you name it. We're all paying more. Look at the price of gas. Prices are rising everywhere. Even CNN had that headline out of their London bureau, CNN Business. You know, some are tied to commodities. Then we got this new showdown and this pipeline challenge with Russia. And I don't really know what Joe's planning to do about any of this. U.S. is now trying to challenge China on, you know, key ingredients in Biden's energy plan, which is to stop all fossil fuels completely. In New York City, we have a report. Restaurants can't find staff just like in other places in the country due to Democrats unemployment benefits. Fifty dollars if you'll sit for an interview for a McDonald's job down in Florida. You know, one uh, one interesting piece came out from Bloomberg. Stay at home Americans. So the. White House angst on the job miss because they're getting paid around what they would get paid if they were working or even more. That does not incentivize people to get back to work. And when you look at now the rising costs of energy with the rising cost of energy comes the rising cost of everything. It shouldn't be hard for people to figure out. Biden's energy secretary is blaming COVID for soaring gas prices. That's not what's that's not what is spurring on the high price of energy around the country. Um, And we have now a state of emergency declared in 17 states in D.C. after this pipeline cyber attack. None of this is good. Everything you buy usually ends up getting to your store as a consumer thanks to truckers, that truck. They're not going to take less pay. And the more per mile that they're paying is going to be another tax on you, along with the corporate tax that will be passed on to you, along with the near doubling of the capital gains tax. That also will likely impact every American. But we're going to only take money from the rich people. Only if you're making $400,000 a year, you won't have to pay a penny. No, it's actually 200000 per person, 400000 per couple. It's going to impact every American because we're paying more for everything. Now, average price of gasoline, I told you it's been climbing. Now over $3 a gallon, $3.06 nationwide. All right, here to uh, try and defend this absolute disaster and a mess is our old friend Austin Goolsby. He's a professor at Chicago's Booth School of Economics. He even is embarrassed that he was once a former chairman of the Council of Economic Advisors for the Obama administration. And then he got upset because Donald Trump shattered every low unemployment record for every demographic in the country. Can you imagine that pre-COVID? Mr. Goolsby, how are you, sir? You know, I keep calling you know. here to leave a nasty, grim <laughs> voicemail for you, and they keep putting me onto the program. I, is that why you were calling? You just happened to call in by accident? No, no I can't I was, help it, but Austin is actually, I hate to admit this, He's he's a friend of mine and he's a big lib, but he's he's actually a nice guy with a wonderful family and good values himself. He just you, you, you're not going to defend this economic mess, are you? You know, the both of 
us got to stop telling everybody that we're friends. No, it doesn't work out well for any of us, I know. Like it, and my people don't like it either. But uh, <laughs> That's true. Look, look, the thing about the economy with Russia, I mean, first they hack our election, and now they're hacking our gas pipeline. It's almost like somebody told them for four years that it was okay and we didn't mind what they did. You mean, oh, you mean like when Hillary, the only person that paid for what we now have proven to be a Russian disinformation dossier that was used to spy on a presidential candidate, a transition team, and a president? You're going to admit that Hillary... I just wanted to get you worked up. I know you haven't had... No, no, no. You you do admit that Hillary paid for the Russian disinformation dossier. That is now incontrovertible. About you it. don't want to know happened. anything because you know Five damn well it's ago, true. Seven years ago, whatever uh, that was. Like, well, that's I seven. That was actually in 2016, <laughs> not that long ago. Look, the the thing with the economy, um, as you know, the economy was absolutely. <laughs> you struggle away. Apart. I'm enjoying it. Go ahead. Yeah, the uh, the economy was absolutely falling apart because of our mismanagement of the coronavirus. As Joe Biden came into office, you mean Ms. we had we have three a vaccines. Of very good months, and this past vaccines. month disappointing. No, they were predicting unemployment was going to reach twenty-five or thirty percent. And if you remember, we had a major bounce back last June that nobody anticipated, not even me. And it was at the highest that ever got was fourteen point seven. And then online comes the vaccinations. Yeah, but then we had a resurgence of the virus in. November, December, January, and we actually started losing jobs, monthly job numbers of negatives. Listen, all I could say is your guy had eight years, and he didn't shatter record low unemployment for any demographic. Our guy did. Well, he shattered something, but I don't know that they were necessarily good records. There's never been more job loss ever than under the term of Donald Trump. There has never been a president since we've okay. had the. Can you admit something? Lost jobs over the course okay. of their presidency until Donald okay. Trump. He had created all of these jobs in the three years. But if you want to blame COVID on, on Trump, them. you go right ahead. But you've got to admit. Can you just come to a simple agreement with me on something? That if okay. you're paying money when people when jobs are now available, which they are around the country, we don't have enough people to fill these jobs. I actually went to a plant that's owned by a friend of mine. It was the most amazing plant I've ever been to. And it's a beverage company. I'm not going to say who it is. Okay. I was mesmerized this weekend. They're at a, they run 24 hours a day. They're yeah. at only 60% of their workforce capacity. They pay 22 bucks an hour. And they'll train you. And he can't get workers. He can't get them. And Biden's, you know, job creation is collapsing. Will you agree with me that we can't pay people more in unemployment than they could make working? Well, well, they don't make twenty-two dollars an hour on unemployment. So the, they do, they're, they're, they're able to, to pay their rent. Twenty-two dollars an hour is not from. Unemployment they can't. Pay. We don't have people to fill the jobs. I agree with that part. For sure, I can agree with that. That there is scarcity in many parts of the job market. The it's because is, of the unemployment of benefits. Because there are a bunch of jobs that require you to have direct exposure to customers, and so you're afraid of getting the virus. Is it because there are? predominantly women who have dropped out of the labor force because schools are still shut and there's no child care, or is it because of unemployment insurance? 
Those are three different explanations. I think it's probably some combination of the three, but for sure, the the business people arguing that it's unemployment insurance have been saying that for a year. They literally said that last April when we passed the CARES Act, and it was now looking back, we can see it was completely wrong. That wasn't the problem before. The problem was can you there just were not admit jobs that, available. that it was a bad idea with the stroke of a pen to stop the Keystone XL pipeline. We now have gas prices have hit a three-year high after the Colonial Pipeline hack. Now, you couple that with the Keystone XL yeah, that, pipeline. You couple no, that with, that, with Joe's push towards Solyndra America. Lower gas prices in the United States. Oh, do you, we do you we agree can with, argue, and we have had discussions about Keystone, but let's remember what, what happens to the oil that's getting pumped in Canada is that because of the U.S. trade agreements with Canada, the former NAFTA and now the USMCA, Canada can only give that oil to the United States. If you build the Keystone Pipeline, which allows the Canadians to send their oil to the world market, all the rest of the world will say, yay, thank you, that's awesome, because... No, no, you've got a difference between the U.S. I love you. I really mean this, there. but you got it totally ass backwards. As we continue, Austin Goolsby, professor, Chicago's Booth School Economics, former chairman of the Council of Economic Advisors for the Obama administration, which never, ever shattered low unemployment numbers like Donald Trump did. You should know as a esteemed professor at the Chicago Booth School of Economics that supply and demand crisscross and correct me, Professor, if I'm wrong, and at that intersection, that will dictate the market price. When you artificially the reduce world. the supply, no, which America is now committed price. to doing because of the new Green Deal radical socialism, then you're reducing the supply, and that means that prices are going to, Professor, go... I like that you have supply and professor, demand. Come on. Prices but will go... Market, not a U.S. market, Sean. Um, but but a world market where the lifeblood of that economy is 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 energy. It's oil, gas. Oil and when you reduce this, when you reduce the supply, the prices States. go up. That's what's happening. And guess what? Putin is doing backflips. The Iranian mullahs are doing back backflips. Countries in the Middle East that hate us—they're doing backflips. And China's doing backflips because we're so stupid. No, Sean. The oil that would go through the Keystone Pipeline is Canadian oil, which right now the Canadian oil can only go to the United States. It gets stuck in Oklahoma, and so there is a difference between the world price and the U.S. price. Okay, but you're missing something important. If you build the pipeline, then the the Dakota pipeline up to the world price. The Dakota Pipeline, the Keystone Pipeline, Anwar... Those are all areas that Donald Trump opened up that Joe Biden is now closing. Now, as a result, that will reduce the supply of energy, the lifeblood of the world's economy. That's not hard to figure out. Now you add that to this attack by Putin. Let's see how tough Joe really is. I don't think Joe knows it's even Monday because he had to work yesterday. He probably thinks yesterday was Monday. That's 10 it years particularly sharp to me. About. No, it's not 10 yes. years from now because Digging the price is skyrocketing gasoline. now. From the oil in Anwar 
is not a something that's affecting prices right now. It is. A, it, but like did you ever hear the, the word road. futures? You live in Chicago. What are futures about? What well, what is U.S. oil futures. about? Look what is what are oil futures mean? You buy in advance of what you anticipate the price is going to be, and you take Six into account in supply. Correct. Yes. If I tell you, here's a new area that you can go drill for oil, it's going to take years of exploration to figure out Actually, where that's you can not drill for true. the oil. So for example, look at what there, there, are, there are fracking facilities, or you can look at the Balkan oil fields in, in North Dakota. Once we discovered uh, the mother load, if you will, of energy, our, our oil and energy uh, companies in this country... Their capabilities are beyond, they're out of control, amazing. Now, if we had the workforce, and once Donald Trump was in office, we expedited the, the approval process, and to get rid of the bureaucracy, within a year, they're pulling gas and oil out of the ground, and they're happy to do it. Uh, well, I, I will give you, though there is a subtlety that I think you're not, you're not emphasizing, that... Anything that changes the price of oil is going to have a direct influence on the incentives of our domestic energy companies, how much they want to All pump. Right. And, and Let me ask you one last exit pump. question, and I've got to go. Yeah. California reports the first yearly population decline in its history. They lost a congressional seat. New York's losing a yeah. congressional seat. Uh, why do you think people are leaving these big blue states that tax us into oblivion? Why do you think? Real, real quick. Uh, I think in California, it's expensive. Mm-hmm. They got a lot of fires, mm. and the economy. The fires are kicking hard. people out. Okay, wrong answer, Professor. You got an F on this exam. You did not. Why are they leaving West Virginia? Oh, there's not enough opportunities there. Now that Joe's there, forget but, I mean, it. That's a red <laughs> state. They're they're leaving places. Uh, uh, okay, but coal places and they're leaving places where because the, the jobs are leaving with the coal industry being you know demonized every day. I got to roll though, but I kind of right. still Great like talking you. to you again, Sean. All right, just raises my blood. You put them on on purpose just to raise my blood pressure. So I'll try your CBD gummies, don't you? That's exactly right. Between that and allergies, which I cannot stand, <laughs> it's the worst year ever. Quick break, right back. Those are the sounds uh, that have been blaring all day. Our closest allies, our friends in Israel, as uh, the radical terrorist group Hamas has been firing rockets into Israel along the Gaza border, where we have broadcast from. I don't know if you remember our programs, but that's where we showed you the underground playgrounds for kids uh, because there's just not enough time. They're really bunker playgrounds that protects the kids. They can't play outdoors. We stopped by a local police station there. We showed you how more sophisticated these rockets have been getting every year. And, you know, 10,000 rockets in, in one city that we visited in 10 years. 10,000 rockets. Imagine living, living with that threat every day. Uh, now we have that. We have a lot of international news. The Colonial Pipeline fallout. 
A regional emergency declaration now has been issued in 17 states and uh, Washington, D.C. in response to the cyber attack that shut down one of the largest pipelines in the U.S. Colonial Pipeline says it still has no estimate on when they can restart this. Well, what's the net result of it? It's fairly predictable. Crude oil prices now are rising on top of the rising prices we already had which we were just discussing in the last half hour with our friend uh, Austin Goolsby. Uh, we believe the criminal group originating from Russia. So what's Joe going to do? We've already been watching and witnessing prices rising everywhere. Average price now for U.S. gasoline, over 3 bucks a gallon. It's over 4 bucks a gallon out in California in most places. Navy seizing thousands of Chinese and Russian assault weapons, sniper rifles, anti-tank missiles hidden on a ship. Sailing from Iran to Yemen in the in the Arabian Sea. That's another proxy war being fought by the Iranians, also with the help of the Russians and Chinese that know that America's got a pretty weak, frail, cognitively struggling president out there. Uh, so we got a lot happening on the international front here to help uh, weigh in on what we need to do here. Kyron uh, Skinner is back with us, former director, policy planning, U.S. Department of State and the Trump administration. Now, Fox News contributor. Uh, now, Kyron has worked with the intelligence community and Defense Department for more than 20 years, most recently as uh, a faculty advisor to the NSA. Uh, Kyron, thanks for being back. Uh, thanks for having me, Sean. That was a breathtaking r- review of the geopolitical situation in the world. I don't know where to begin, but there's a, a lot of danger out there, um, partly because of our um, our adversaries, but also due to the fact that we have a White House that's sending mixed messages about all of the conflicts that you um, have talked about, including um, the the cyber attack on American energy infrastructure. So on the one side, the White House is saying, all under control. Um, we're working with um, industry, the interagency. Um, this will be resolved in a couple of days. Um, but the reality, as you've said, that even a few days of the, um, sh- um, shutting down um, the colonial pipeline can have a huge and outsized impact on um, the American economy heading into the summer, high um, oil prices, on and on and on. And that was the goal um, of this ransomware attack. Well, what, what frustrates me, and I remember this came up when Julian Assange was in the news a lot. You know, at some point, you know, as a teenager, he had hacked into, I believe, the DOD and NASA um, and and I'd interviewed Assange on radio and TV, and I know some people didn't like him, and and that's fine. But when you put everything aside, at what time do does America say that? Okay, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me a thousand times, shame on me. And what I don't understand, and I, I find it incomprehensible in this world that we live in today, that we don't have the capacity to defend against these cyber attacks. You know, when a 16-year-old kid can get into your DOD and NASA, I mean, on the one hand, you want to, like, tip your hat and say, that's a pretty brilliant kid. On the other hand, you're saying, what the hell's wrong with us that we're not, we're allowing this at this point? Um, I think this new administration is, is suffering from the fact that it, I don't think it critically understands that having a cyber strategy uh, should be a top priority and that it can't be disconnected from its energy policy. What we've just witnessed with the Colonial Pipeline takedown is the most successful cyber energy attack on um, the infrastructure in that domain. 
Um, and that's a profound impact on the eastern seaboard. Um, about 2.5 million barrels of gasoline and other fuels pass through more than 5,000 miles of um, networked pipeline um, from the Gulf Coast um, to the various um, eastern seaboard states and part of the southeast United States. This is a huge story in and of itself. And it seems to me, um, you're doing a segment on it, but it's being downplayed in some other parts of, of the media, and people are saying it's all under control. We will be back online. We know who did this. But back to your point, um, cyber criminals, often whom are 12 years old, are, you know, can take down our economy, and we don't have an integrated whole-of-government strategy in place. And it doesn't seem to me that it was even a top priority for this administration. Remember, when um, Biden came into office within days, they were saying both at the White House and the Defense Department and the State Department, our top priority is climate change. Um, our top priority for both DOD and the State Department includes um, dealing with diversity, diversifying the workforce so that there are more people of color and women. I'm for all of that, but we have real challenges in the world that um, make these other issues that they're talking about, um, not the number one. Or if they're going to be number one, you've got to integrate them into things like cybersecurity. I, I just had a fight with Austin Goolsby over this whole thing, and he's like, no, 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 just because you have the pipeline and it says Canadian oil. And I said, you're missing the whole point here. When you add to that shutting down Anwar, which Donald Trump opened up, uh, and being pressured by Hollywood stars that fly around the world and they're, they're – private jets to get rid of the Dakota pipeline. Never mind the people that lose high paying career energy jobs. I mean, these jobs pay over a hundred thousand dollars a year. Uh, and most of the time they'll even train you. Uh, many pay much more than that on top of it, but just, you know, well, stroke of a pen. Well, that, that begins to immediately have an effect. And we've seen the effect on the cost of every good in every store is gone through the roof and now we're paying at the pump and we'll pay in terms of heating and cooling our homes and everything will cost more. Now, if you want to take it even a step further than that and you, you want to get to the the corporate tax hike, well, there's an estimate out today at National Association of Manufacturers. They say a million jobs is going to disappear. And by the way, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think corporations pay taxes if they can help it. They'll pass the price on to us. So Joe can say all he wants that it's not going to cost a penny or it's not going to add a penny to the deficit. But his calculator does not actually reflect the real science of mathematics. No, and I think what you're really saying is that the downward effect on our economy of this, you know, ener this new energy crisis, it's, you know, it will slow down the um, um, economic growth. Um, you've talked about um, um, unemployment that comes from the energy policy of this administration, day one. Um, it goes on and on and on, and it also suggests to our adversaries um, that the United States doesn't actually know how to protect itself. Um, because a secure energy policy is, is one of the best ways to protect ourselves against adversaries. Um, infrastructure, which is supposed to be a major focus, domestic focus of this administration, um, is, is including things like child care, when in fact, um, you know, cybersecurity should be a critical component of it. We haven't heard that discussed, or at least I don't remember it, when they rolled out this in, um, infrastructure discussion. 
The fact that we're watching the um, Middle East blow up once again, what's happening um, in Israel right now is connected back to energy as well. The Abraham Accords, um, perhaps the most brilliant and successful part of the um, Trump foreign policy, was an attempt to um, encircle Iran, um, make Israel safer. It was unprecedented in what it was able to achieve in a very short period of time with um, a couple of Gulf states, Morocco and Sudan, um, signing peace um, deals with um, Israel. That has been downplayed by this administration. Um, so I don't think it has a Middle East policy. I don't think it has an energy policy. And when those intersect, it's powerfully bad for the United States and the free world. As awful as it is with the terror group Hamas, whose charter calls for the destruction of Israel, um, and we never had a more pro-Israeli president than Donald J. Trump, no greater friend to Israel, for sure, which was the right call, in my view. All right, as we continue to assess what's going on worldwide here, we got a lot of hot spots. We continue with Kyron Skinner is back with us and has worked with the intelligence community, Defense Department, over 20 years, more recently as a faculty advisor to the NSA. Now, something is emerging beyond Hamas firing rockets into Gaza and all of this unrest. Um, the bigger picture, too, is when you look at the, the partnership that has emerged with the Iranians fighting their proxy wars uh, through Yemen against the Saudis, um, and and Russia and China providing the arms for this this proxy war, that should be extremely troubling to everybody. Five years ago, if anybody had said to me that the Israelis, the U.S., the Saudis, the Egyptians, Jordanians, the Emirates would would all align against Iranian hegemony, I would have said probably an impossibility. Now, not only is it a reality, it's a necessity. It is, and it needs to be deepened, those ties, and the United States was a critical actor in brokering those deals, and that's where the Trump administration victory happened. They will continue on um, because of their own national interest, even if the White House decides not to be, you know, the organizing energy force around it. Um, but the, we well, were let all me ask you. with the United States organizing. Well, what is Joe going to do if Russia is responsible for this attack? What's Joe going to do with Hamas that is now basically trying to, you know, up their conflict with Israel, a terrorist, uh, you know, a, a terrorist organization? What is Joe going to do now that the Iranians have been caught red handed partnering with the Chinese and Russia in distributing arms to fight their proxy war out of Yemen? Uh, what is Joe going to do? Um, doesn't want to have a, a Russia policy, as you know. They haven't announced one. They don't want a Russia reset in any possible direction. I think they hope to avoid it as they work on climate change. Um, on Iran, Iran only gets stronger and empowered and emboldened because of this, um, the fact that the administration really wants to re-engage and negotiate um, and go back to some version of the 2015 failed nuclear deal. Um, they do admit, the um, Biden administration, that that there were flaws in the deal, but you've got the same um, administ um, Obama officials back in charge who want to do another version of what they've already done, and that just emboldens the Iranians. And if they give the White House sanctions relief to the Iranians, um, I think the Iranians are back in business. And so the Iranians feel that this administration isn't going to be very tough on them. That has an impact on the various proxies that you've just mentioned, including see, nobody... Hamas. 
you, you add to this, you know, it seems like I guess I'm like a, an island unto myself and, and being willing to state the obvious. And it's quite obvious that Joe is weak. He's frail. He's struggling cognitively. Um, to me, that only emboldens our enemies. The, the, uh, I, I think Russia, China, the Iranians, the North Koreans, I think they genuinely feared Donald J. Trump. I don't think they particularly fear Joe Biden. I just don't. But Kyra, but will watch I, 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 I agree yeah. with you on that point, but I think there's another layer to what you are saying, and that is, um, you know, in our, our system of government, the president is the center of action in the United States. The Federalist Papers, they debated and they finally decided that we would have one president, not um, a, you know, an executive committee of three or some other combination. That means who the president is in our country matters more than in other... I, I can't prove it, but I'm pretty sure that they have made their assessment on Joe Biden, and I think it lines up perfectly with my assessment. And it's not it, just me. Everybody it, I talk I, to says, this guy's out to lunch. Um, but anyway, also, Kyra, I, but I got to I'm just on a, a short time frame here. I got to roll. But listen, we love having you on. Thank you. A little scary, but it's real. 800-941-SHAWN. You want to be a part of the program. Quick break. Right back. All right. News Roundup Information Overload Hour. Sean Hannity Show. 800-941-SHAWN. If you want to be a part of this program, we're watching everything going on around the world. We can't forget what is going on here at home. Uh, it's been an unmitigated disaster all weekend long as it relates to issues involving uh, the police. New York, for example, 50 New Yorkers shot in the past week, 31 over the weekend alone. I'm sure Chicago numbers are similar. You don't, even, you have, to, you don't have to be a brain surgeon to know that. I doubt you'll ever hear the names of the people shot in Chicago or New York this weekend. Why? Because the left, the mob, the media, big tech, they can't politicize it and bludgeon Donald Trump. This week in New York City, 257% increase from just uh, this week last year. Already shootings, a record last year, were now up a whopping 76% from last year, and no sign of it getting any better. There's a hero NYPD officer caught on video clutching a, a four-year-old girl wounded in Times Square, you know, sh- shooting a, a shared Mother's Day message to the, the young girl's mom, she'll be okay. The officer offering words of comfort uh, Sunday to Sky Martinez's mother a day after the woman watched her baby take a bullet to the leg during a visit to New York City. Keep your head up, he said when the Post asked and trying to tell the mom the little girl's going to be able to walk again. She's going to be OK. She's one of the lucky ones. You have a Republican Detroit police chief planning to announce a Whitmer challenge, thankfully, for all the right reasons. You had Philadelphia gun violence over the weekend, 16 injured in a violent weekend there. You have the Times Square shooting person of interest identified. And in this case that I mentioned to you, you have a tourist that was stabbed in New York City with a screwdriver on the subway this weekend. 43-year-old victim from Ecuador on the southbound 2 train, randomly attacked by a 26-year-old man at about 7.50 in the evening, not that late. Using a screwdriver. You know, this 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 is getting more than frightening. You have another guy, 31, slashed in New York City in another subway station. The Times Square victim recalls begging for her life moments after the shooting. This is a Rhode Island visitor to New York City. By the way, get ready. New York's economy is about to take another hit. But they're thinking about opening Broadway in September. What day is today? It's May. May 10th. 
September? Anyway, Schumer says, this is why we need stronger gun laws. No, Chucky, you're wrong as usual. As usual. It's unbelievable. You know, Schumer saying, oh, I, I think we've got to get crime down in this city. How about you go back to Rudy's policies? Oh, I can't. You can't say a good thing about a Republican, right, Chuck? You got the New York mayoral candidate, Andrew Yang. The truth is that New York City cannot afford to defund the police. Uh-oh. That, that's pretty much going to that's going to end end badly for his campaign. You know, Clyburn says he's willing to compromise on a qualified immunity in policing. But what do you mean qualified immunity? Nobody, every cop is going to get sued with every arrest if you get rid of indemnification. You can't be that dumb. Because the criminals will sue every time. And if the police have to hire their own attorneys, they're not going to do the job. You will then render it impossible to take that job. Unbelievable. But that's what we've got. California, shockingly, had a back the blue rally parade. Disabled Portland vet says that armed Black Lives Matter agitators beat and hospitalized him. That's pretty sad. It's been all over the news. You have video showing BLM protesters trapping motorists and brandishing guns. You know, what police do as people talking and well, what about what about safety and law and order? How do you pursue happiness if you don't have safety and security? How is a four year old little girl getting shot in New York? Is that going to attract, you know, people to Times Square? I, I tend to doubt it. Sad, but it's real. Listen to this report out of Ch- Channel uh, 7 ABC News in New York. It was pandemonium just before five this evening in busy Times Square. This was moments after shots rang out at 44th and Broadway. Pow, 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 pow. Uh, just like that. It was, uh, yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was real quick. And we heard it. It, it just sounded like, like a firecracker. Sending people scrambling and officers running to help. I heard about four or five shots. Uh, then a few minutes later, I saw them uh, pick up the girl. She looked like she got shot in the leg. Um, they put her in the ambulance. In the end, three people shot, including a child. We have a four-year-old female shot in the leg, a 23-year-old female that was also shot in the leg, and the 43-year-old was shot in the foot. One of the women, a tourist from Rhode Island, the other from New Jersey, and that little girl from Brooklyn who was with her family buying toys at the time of the shooting. At this point in time, the three individuals that are shot are not known to each other, and it appears that all three are innocent bystanders. Police say it all started with a group of men who got into an argument, and one of them pulled out a gun. How many? Great question. Gotti uh, Edelman, chairman, media relations for Back the Blue, North Carolina, which is their largest grassroots police support group. Uh, Dimitri, well, we call him Trey. Trey Penny is back with us, 21-year vet, Dallas uh, police force and president of the Dallas, Texas uh, National Fallen Officer uh, Foundation. Uh, we were up to 111 officers so far this year killed on duty. How many so far? What's the running total now, Trey? Yeah, I mean, these numbers are, are constantly escalating. Escalating. I mean, we see the numbers moving every day. Uh, and, and, you know, Sean, the reality is... By the way, that's you know, only shot and killed. We're not talking about the ones that take the bricks and the rocks and the bottles and the Molotov cocktails, but go ahead. Absolutely. That's exactly where I'm going. See, we, we, we're going into our summer months right now. And the summer months are when they become most violent for law enforcement. We're going to see, I, I'm think this summer with all the social agendas, all these uh, DAs across the country refusing to prosecute these violent offenders, you're going to see this spike in crime and attacks against police. And we try to do everything that we can to advocate for the interests of our police, but we're going to need help from our politicians. We're going to need our political 
political leaders to take care of our police. Right now, in, in, uh, across the country, we see that the murder rates in all of our large cities are, are now leveling out at around 30, 35 percent in all the major cities. So it's not just isolated to, to what's happening in Dallas. I mean, we, we got 33 percent here. New York is at 36 uh, percent in its murder rate. This is going to be the trend that we're going to see throughout this summer. And I tell you what, our political leaders better get a hold of it because we have a shrinking police department. Uh, the, the force itself is shrinking. The officers don't have the resources. They don't have the tools. And they don't want to go out there and risk their, their own job and their own um, ability to survive because you have cities talking about removing qualified immunity. So okay, you have qualified immunity. If you, don't, if, if, if you don't have indemnification, in other words, that the cities and states and towns and municipalities if they're not going to pay for the lawyers when these cops are sued, tell me right or wrong. Don't don't you have to quit the next day? There's no way you can do that job. Yeah, there's no way. There there's absolute look. People people are looking at that from the wrong perspective, right? We have qualified immunity to say that if a law if an officer is performing their job and they just happen to commit uh, to kill somebody in the process of doing their job, that they won't be if they weren't acting criminally, that they won't be held liable. Now, the reality is the ones that are acting criminally, they will be here liable because they'll be terminated. They won't be police. So we still need this, these arguments about qualified immunity are so flawed. And, and we just got to get the right people talking about what our officers need. Our officers are not going to do anything. And, and I hate to say it that way, but officers are not going to risk their families. They're going to risk their own jeopardy if they know that they're going to go out there and, and be sued for everything that they do. It's just not going to happen. And you're going to see this spike. And, and, and crime across this country, it, it's going to go up. It's going to continue to go up because officers are simply not going to put themselves. Hey Trey, in the it's place. going up. It's going up everywhere, every day. And these and That's, criminals now know that everything work, works in their favor, and we're not having any accountability. And Gotti, if no you add to that the the madness of no bail picked up by the you know geniuses like in in the new york state assembly senate and and governor cuomo and comrade de blasio that defunded the police by a billion dollars a year uh it's a disaster this this is all predictable everything that's happening now you know you're absolutely right sean and thanks for having me back on again i you know this is just and it sounds like a cliche but you don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure this out. And anybody knows if you defund the police or you lower the number of police on the streets, what's going to happen? Crime is going to go up. You're talking about qualified immunity. We've already had instances of individuals getting out, no bail, after committing violent crimes and then committing murder. We already have right now. We just buried two officers, two deputies from Watauga County in North Carolina at the end of last week who went on what could only be called because there's nothing routine about it, but it I can't was a routine stand... call of a welfare check, and they were both killed. I, I cannot stand this idea of a routine traffic stop or a routine call. That, that, there's no such thing as routine. Exactly. There is absolutely nothing routine. They went on a welfare check, knocked on the door, and both were shot and killed. Two deputies from Watauga County in North Carolina. And, you know, you're By the way, don't about... we believe in this case that they were set up? That, that was not the case where they were set up. What they didn't know, unfortunately, is the gentleman that was behind the door had just killed his own parents. And that's why they were being called out for a welfare check. That was a different incident that you're referring to. But, yes, I mean, it doesn't matter how many are being ambushed, how many are being set up on these, you know, shots fired calls or routine calls, and then they're ambushed and killed. Trey? Right. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And these ambush attacks have been going they are up now. I mean actually at this point, I think we've we've seen last year around around this time it was like nineteen. Um, our police officers are operating in the blind. And every time they show up on these calls, nothing is routine in, in police work. I mean we know that. Every time these guys show up, they don't know what they're no, doing. No, no, Trey, you say that we know that. We know that. The three of us know that. My audience knows that. But these idiot politicians clearly don't know that. And that's a that problem. Sell, Sean. That doesn't sell. They can sell the victimization. They can sell victimhood to the media. And media will play it up. That boosts ratings. That's what that's all about. But that's not what, what, what reality is. That's not what's happening on the ground. The people on the ground know. The people in, the, in these communities that are being impacted the most by this violent crime, they know. And they're not the ones saying, we don't want our police. You got factions. You got these radical factions that are running around with that nonsense. But that's not the pe- the real people that are being victimized every day in their community. They know. Well, I think the people know, but yet this is now the new reality. All right, final moments with Dottie Edelman and Trey Penny talking about policing in America with impunity. We watched all summer, and Joe and Kamala, not only were they silent, they were actually outspoken. Kamala Harris supporting defunding the LAPD, supporting the bail fund after the precinct, police precinct, was burned to the ground, uh, Gotti, and that took place in Minneapolis. Then she's supporting a fund to get these, these anarchists out of jail. Why? So they can commit more crimes and throw more you bricks know, and bottles and rocks? And, and look at what happened in Minneapolis. After they defunded the police, all of a sudden they had to call back for a budget to refund the police because they saw the writing on the wall very quickly. And we haven't even hit the hot summer months yet. And anybody who's lived in this country knows how crime takes a surge during the summer months. This is going to get worse before it gets better. And you were talking about officers quitting. Look at what is going on with police academies. They cannot fill these jobs. Retirement and early leaving is at an all-time high and they cannot fill these positions because no one in their right mind wants to strap on a badge when in reality they're strapping on a target. It's so sad. I mean, what what a profound statement that is. Strapping on a badge is is putting on a target. But that's really what's happened. And and now I guess it's become rather mainstream because they're not only talking about, you know, if we look at the squad and some of the comments of some of the squad members – they're not talking anymore even about defunding, Trey. They're talking about dismantling the police. Even, even yeah. Obama say, oh, we've got to reimagine policing. What the hell does that even mean? <laughs> so, you know, the, the fact of the matter is every time these guys go somewhere, they have they got to shut, they got to bring the whole police department to protect them. They're, they don't have to worry about not having police in their community. So it's simple for them to say, we don't need police. Let's get rid of the police. And, I mean, I just think that's such a Oh, yeah, such no, a Trey, you love this. Comrade de Blasio comes in my studio one night. He's got four armed uh, police officers around him. And I say to him, well, should every New Yorker have the right to the firearms that protect you every day in their own home? And, and he kept saying, every New Yorker has the right to be safe. And I said, I didn't ask you that. I said, does every New Yorker have the right to a firearm like the firearms uh, at that they're carrying to protect you. Every American right. New Yorker has the right to be safe. Because the answer is no. There's a different standard. I guess he thinks he's more important than the rest of us. But I got to roll, right. guys. Uh, Gotti, thank you. Trey, good to have you back. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Sean. God bless you and what you're doing every day. I, I Somebody came to me today, and, I, and kids ask my advice. Linda, true or false? The people, I don't know why they want my advice, but I, I offer it to them. And if a kid asked me today, I want to get in law enforcement, I'd say, you really need to think twice. That's sad. That is really sad. 
Because it's such an everyone I know that's ever become a cop, they dreamed of it. They want to serve. They're willing to they're willing to risk their lives to protect others, but they have no they don't even get respect anymore. Quick break right back. Your calls on the other side, straight ahead. All right, 25 to the top of the hour. Man, what what a news day this is. What a mess around the world. What a mess to our economy. You got the Russians, the Chinese partnering with the Iranians shipping weapons to Yemen for their proxy war. Then we got this Russian attack on the colonial pipeline. Then you've got the rockets being paid for with taxpayer money because remember it was Joe Biden restoring 275 million in aid to the Palestinians. Yeah, are they using the money for infrastructure? No. No. They're firing rockets into border towns in Gaza, like the towns we went to visit. Sad. What's Joe going to do on any of these fronts? But the answer is nothing. Everything you pay for is costing more. We've been telling you this is coming. I wish people would listen earlier. You have buyer's regret yet? Those of you that might have voted for Joe? Anyway, 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. We've got a lot going on today. Uh, let's say hi to Tim is in Montana, beautiful Montana. What's going on, Tim? How are you? Good, Sean. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, it's a pleasure to talk to you. I wanted to uh, make a public service announcement to all the people who are fleeing liberal blue cities and states and coming to red states like Montana, Idaho, North and South Dakota, Texas. Um, there's a reason you're moving to these states. We did it better. Our economies did it better. Our COVID policies were better. Our school systems are better. Leave your liberal agendas in the states, the dumpster, sti- dumpster fires that you're leaving. Leave those policies. You can have a clean slate. You know, vote for, the, vote for what you're coming into, not for what you left. In the state of Montana, the voters spoke. Uh, President Trump, I believe, won by a 70% margin. We had a superintendent of public instruction, K-12. through She garnered 60,000 more votes than our former governor did for U.S. Senate. That's a statewide office over a national office, and she garnered 60,000 more votes than our liberal governor who was outgoing and termed out. The people of Montana spoke. We want nothing to do with that liberal, progressive garbage that is driving California, Colorado, Washington into the ground. And that's where all these people are coming from. On my street, I see Washington plates. I see California's plates. I see Colorado plates. I pray to God they leave those policies. Where I've been saying from. this forever. You know, California now lost a million three in a decade, 182,000 last year. California, uh, in terms of the, 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 it is a beautiful, picturesque state. I lived there five years. And it is, if you're going to leave California because of oppressive regulation, confiscatory taxation, Leave your liberal policies with you. Don't bring them and destroy the next state that you're going to, because that's what those policies will destroy the next state. You know, one of the one of the things I'm getting concerned about, you know, the Carolinas, a lot of people have been moving there and you see things are are changing demographically in terms of political affiliations, what I'm referring to in in states like Georgia, and North Carolina. That's a problem. You're going to go down to Florida. Don't ruin Florida. I now have family members that have moved to Florida and Texas. That's where they're moving. And they're saying, Uncle Sean, what are you doing? Why are you there? And I don't have a good answer except to say I'm really stupid. 
you know, I, I, I also have contractual considerations, too. And it's just it's sad to watch the decline. You know, look, look we're going back to pre-Rudy Giuliani and Times Square days. I mean, Times Square went from from hookers, drug dealers, pimps and prostitutes, the whole bit. And it became, you know, like Disneyland. Amazing because of great policing. You can you can stop the bleeding now. You can stop the leak now. Plug it up. It, refund the police and and bring back stop and frisk. You can do it, but they don't want to. And the, the, you're going to watch these states. They're going to do what they predictably do. They're going to more regulation, higher taxes. Anybody with a brain is leaving. You know, this interview we had with, with Caitlyn Jenner the other day. I came here in a Volkswagen with a dream to be the best, an Olympic champion. All my friends are leaving. I don't want to leave. I'd rather fix this place that I that I came to. That's what she's saying. I don't even know if it's fixable at this point because the people that might be inclined to 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 vote for new policies, probably a lot of the, that part of the electorate is the part of the electorate that left. Sad. Anyway, my friend, I'm jealous. Uh, I'm jealous, too, with Todd in Idaho. Hey, Todd, how are you? Sean, it's going great here in Idaho. just wanted to chat about the conservative leadership that's coming, that we're anticipating the House changing hands to conservative and possibly some Senate seats. Um, You're looking at it and you're thinking, who is or is the party, Republican Party, monitoring these people that are going to be planning on running? Is there a, a, a machine in place? where there's a good understanding of what the new conservative House leadership and people are going to be doing when they get there, or are we going to have another two years somewhat like uh, Trump's first two years when a lot happened, but probably not quite enough when we had House and Senate leadership on his side? You have no idea how important what you're asking here is. Um, And I'm saying that from somebody that has insider knowledge. I can tell you that the establishment wing, the Liz Cheney wing, uh, the Mitt Romney wing, the Adam Kinziger wing of the Republican Party, they are plotting, they are planning on on retaking the Republican Party in, in the old direction. Establishment republicanisms go along, get along, no major changes. I, I, I don't think that's where the base is. I think they're dreaming. You know, just because the media and Democrats are getting loud about Liz Cheney, Liz Cheney clearly doesn't want her job to be a leader of this Republican Party. She's got her own personal agenda. The Lincoln Project has their own agenda. You know, the the Joe Scarboroughs of the world, and and it's fine. They can believe whatever they want, but don't tell me you're you're a conservative. You can criticize Trump's style legitimately. I understand he's a disruptor and an iconoclast. I said, and people knew what they were getting. But you know what? The agenda is set. Liberty, freedom, capitalism, simple. Low taxes, less bureaucracy, law and order so everyone could be safe and secure. School choice. Um, we believe in free market solutions for health care that protect pre-existing conditions, secure borders, energy independence, and free and fair trade and peace through strength. And constitutionalists on the bench. That's about it. If you're a conservative, no. that's the agenda. 
And anybody that is not going to loudly and proudly take on that agenda is not getting my support. You're just not. I'm not even a registered Republican. I'm the Republican Party, this crap, you know, they would want you to think that Liz Cheney is a victim. She's not a victim. Liz Cheney made a choice that she, th- you know, there's a certain sanctimony among a group of Republicans. And I put Mitt Romney in the group and Lisa Murkowski and Sass the Jackass. And, you know, I put, they, they just think that they're morally superior to everybody else. They're not. I like a Republican Party that's a party of working men and women, a party of minorities, a party that is looking out for the people of this country and not not for their own agenda. The Democratic Party is now the party of coastal elites. Fine. They can have New York. They can have New Jersey. They can have California, Washington and and, and Oregon. We'll take the rest of the country. Yeah, you, you look at uh, you have exactly what you're talking about here in Idaho and um, just want to get these candidates vetted from other states, other uh, districts across the country. It's a huge deal to get those people vetted and make sure that when they run and possibly win, that they're going to be on board with what really the general public does want. And you don't have to look too far here in Idaho to have uh, find plenty of people that are uh, on the same page as you are. Anyway, good call, Todd. You're smart. Stay right where you are. I wouldn't leave Idaho. I wouldn't even I wouldn't even contemplate it. Uh, all right, back to our phones. Mike, New Jersey. What the hell are you living in New Jersey for? Are you out of your mind? Yeah, I'm surrounded by snowflakes. Uh, but, you know, there are some hope here. I mean, I'm, we supported Trump in uh, my county, and we love him. I, I miss him. Today. Hey, Mike, <laughs> no, it's a blue state I with know, high I taxes. Know. You know, the only uh, Democrat that had half a brain was the Connecticut uh governor that said no we're not going to raise taxes here we want all the people to move here from new york and new jersey did you see that <laughs> it's actually very yeah. clever yeah well hey i mean uh, the door is open for anybody that's a, a conservative to come here it, it's a great state it's just a shame that you know no, it's, it's, it's not a great state anymore i disagree well i, I mean, don't it's think new jersey as a matter of fact it's on the list of states to move to you guys are pretty low on the list no i no i, I agree with you i mean I, I mean this is where my family is my job uh, you know, I got it. There's good, but we but, have but, ties. Yeah, it's, it's, but my advice is the same advice my financial guys give me: don't die there. But go ahead. <laughs> no, yeah, it's just a great place. Other than the uh, how it's ran, and uh, and I'm not believe me, I'm, I don't like Murphy. I don't like any of them. And uh, we tried to get them out, and just it just seems like it's uh, it's, it's a never-ending cycle here, and it's just they keep on voting the same people in here, and it seems like uh, it's a shame because it seems like our freedoms on life support. I mean, not just the, the state, but the whole country. And it, it's more like the liberals, all they care about is, is government that becomes their God. And we believe in, you know, the God-given right on the right. You say that a lot of times, and I, I agree with it. And it's like they're, they're against freedom. It's, and, and every time we get happy or we have a right, they want to tear it down. You know, they're, they're only, only happy when, when, we're, when we're unhappy. It's, it's just sick. It really is. It's, well, it's, it's, not, not, it's not going well for people. But, Mike, we appreciate you checking in with us. Thank you. Uh, let's say hi to Shannon in the great state of Ohio. What's going on, Shannon? How are you? Hi, Sean. Doing great. Thank you. I'm calling to give you some real-life examples of uh, some of these reckless economic policies you've been talking about. Um, just for lunch, a couple of days ago, I went to pick up a pizza, and on the window is a paper that says we're closed Mondays throughout the month of May. And I was curious, <laughs> so I asked the lady, I said, 
All right, what do you think of this? Are you happy about this? What's going on? She said, we have zero employees, so we have to close on Monday. I said, what do you mean you have zero employees? You're here? She said, I'm a manager. They have managers opening the store, running the store, closing the store, performing manager duties, and they're doing it every day, six days a week, and they're exhausted. So the company had to close to give these managers time to rest because they have zero employees to work. And so I pushed it a little farther and I said, well, why don't you have employees? And she said, because they make more on unemployment, they get free food and they get free daycare. They refuse to come back to work. Uh, What you're looking at is a preview of coming attractions. And Joe I'm Biden, so Kamala Harris's America. And, and it's not just Ohio. It's everywhere. Can you imagine having to offer somebody 50 bucks just just to be interviewed with no hope of even. Yeah, we have that. We have another fast food restaurant who's offering two hundred and fifty dollars sign on bonus. If you even take the job to work in this fast food restaurant in Dayton, Ohio. Unbelievable. So just I to took time this weekend. And I'm not going to mention the company. I was I was given an opportunity to tour a manufacturing. I, I want to be. I don't want to give this away. So I was given the opportunity to to go to a big manufacturer. Um, happens to be the beverage industry. I'll tell you that part of it. And with automation that blew me away. I mean, I learned more about the future and and machines and artificial intelligence and i'm just fascinated by like that and surgeries and surgeons and people that do cool stuff and i got to see this and they they run this place 24 hours a day seven days a week and they're only at 60 percent capacity in terms of employees they pay 22 bucks an hour and i'm like what i mean and it's the coolest place to work they got gyms and they've got, you know, incredible cafeteria. They give away free crap to every employee. I mean, it's great. I couldn't believe it. Great people to work for. Anyway, it's unbelievable the times we're living in. Uh, that is real and that is nationwide and it's going to get worse. That's going to wrap things up for today. Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern. We hope you'll set your DVR. Fox News loaded up. Yeah, mass confusion all created by Joe and company. We'll get to that also What's he going to do about Iran, China, and Russia? Along with Larry Kudlow, uh, also Leo 2.0, Larry Elder, 9 Eastern. News I promise you won't get from the mob tonight at 9. We'll see you then. Thanks for being with us back here tomorrow, and you make this show possible.